Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Morning again, everybody. Let us think about the calendar this morning or where we are on our spiritual journeys. Not just that it's spring with a delightful summer ahead, but where we are spiritually. We have enjoyed the celebration of Easter, the great relief of Easter when good and God and Jesus have triumphed. Resurrection, the Holy Spirit, eternal life are ours. There is wonderful relief in this. So, what do we do now? An opportunity for you to respond yes twice. Do we, as Jesus said, live out the great commandment to love God and love our neighbor? Yes. Do we, as Jesus said, live out the great commission to go make friendships and to share God's love, to love people into discipleship? Yes. But even with the relief and promise and purpose of Easter, and even knowing this great call toward love and sharing an intentional relationship, how do you figure out what to say, what to do on a daily basis in your family, in your relationships? Jesus' disciples faced this very question, just like we do in a very high-stakes moment in our reading from Acts. Peter and John were meeting with Annas, the high priest, and other religious leaders on this day. Their rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem, Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. These are the big, big cheese. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Did you do these healing miraculous things? The passage says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, explained the love and power of Jesus. In our daily relationships, it's not just supposed to be us or our ego talking. We ask God for help, for guidance, and we trust that He is guiding us with the prompting of His Holy Spirit. And when we ask, and when the Spirit speaks, amazing things can happen. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated, common men. They were astonished. The religious leaders were astonished at these uneducated, common men. When we ask God to guide us in our families, in our relationships, the love, compassion, wisdom, of God can come forth in astonishing ways. Note the first step. Before we speak, before we act, we ask 
for God's help. We pray. We pray about how he would have us live out the great commandment about loving God, loving our neighbor, and how we would live out the great commission of intentional relationship, of loving others into their own loving relationship with God and others. Our new Monday morning class really lasers in on prayer as our first step in loving God and our neighbor. It lasers in on prayer as the first step in living out our personal great commission of intentionally sharing the love of God. How to do that? Our teacher, Pastor Bill Johnson, calls prayer the original commission or the first commission as opposed to the great commission. He says prayer is not about intellectual understanding. Thank goodness for that. It is not about a set of beliefs or doctrines. It is not about using the right words. It's not about covering the waterfront every single time. It's not even about our hallowed religious traditions. He says that prayer is about praying the way Jesus told us to, the way Jesus yearned that we would, maybe all at once, maybe over time, using the model, the pattern, perhaps most importantly, the heart attitude of the Lord's Prayer. Now, fair warning, really praying like Jesus yearns that we would can raise a lot of things to think about, a lot of questions about where we may be on our spiritual calendar, our spiritual journey, where we want to go next. To love God, to love our neighbor, to go share with this loving, gentle, but bold way of Peter and John, the Lord's Prayer is much more than just words than we, that we say, you know, sort of like the Pledge of Allegiance. We just sort of race through there and don't really think about it. So let's, let's take a few moments and do think about it. Our Father, our Father, Jesus wants us to know that we are not alone, not alone any longer. We are a family here together. We can share, we can ask advice, we can get good counsel and wisdom from each other, and we are a family with Jesus, with God together. We can share, we can get good counsel we can get encouragement and wisdom. A strand of three cords is not easily broken, says the Lord. When I used to work in Florida on boats, you would look at these, these ropes, these lines, and it's because they were wrapped together with three strands. If you feel alone, God has more for you. As Sarah Young writes in Jesus Calling, heaven is both future and present.
by praying, you are already in touch with the essence of heaven, nearness to me, nearness to Jesus. Our Father, our Father, Jesus wants us to trust in God like we would a loving, kind dad. Now, if for whatever reason you struggle to fully trust God's love and care, likely because of some experiences that some of us have had, don't continue with that hidden conflict. As I heard someone say the other day, don't keep trying to trust God day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, trying, trying, trying. No. Just trust Him. Just do it. Just close your eyes for that moment and say, okay, Lord, I trust you. And then when you open your eyes, close them again and say, I trust you again. On and on. And then another great idea, if you are bereft, if you need to sense something, need to be carried along in trusting God, ask Him to show you His love, and He will. Then hallowed or holy be thy name. Once you really trust the love of God, a relieving sense of thanksgiving and gratitude can wash over your heart a quiet assurance that things are going to be okay. As we let God be holy and be set apart to play His role as a loving Father and as we trust Him in that and we order our thoughts and lives accordingly, we lower the stakes of self-reliance. We shed the struggle of pride and we enjoy the healing of humility, of accepting that love, of living, as some of us have heard it called, in right-sized relationship to the love and care of God instead of trying to take it over and work it ourselves. Then thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And here's, here's where we really shifted into high gear. There's a banner out in the atrium. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Pray for it, live for it. This is not an uncertain, weak, plaintive asking. It is a declarative and imperative, and as we heard it said in our Monday morning class, a co-laboring statement. We pray for God's kingdom to come and His will to be done, and then we help make it happen. We act it out in our hearts, in our words, in encouragement for our families, in our intentional 
friendships and relationships. We speak out and we live out the love, the compassion, the wisdom of Jesus, bringing a little bit of heaven to earth. Now, no matter how God leads you to do this, He is answering a beautiful question in His action and in yours. What does God's desire for earth to be like heaven say about His heart for you and for others? It's a beautiful thing. It's about God's will and power on earth and straightening everything out, but it comes from this place of love in his heart for you and for everybody else. And so from this place of love, we consider what our part might be in bringing heaven to earth, those all-important words of grace or acceptance for a teenager, or for somebody else having a tough time, and we help make that little bit of heaven come alive. And here's the fascinating and sort of challenging thing for those of us who watch Fox News all the time. God would not give us a prayer He did not intend to answer, right? I watch Fox News sometimes, and I'm like, I don't know how God is going to straighten this deal out. But God would not give us a prayer He did not intend to answer. What we say and do is part of the answer. Then we pray for our daily bread. When we pray for our needs, our real needs, and not just our consumer wants or our first world conveniences, we're doing something very subtle but very powerful. And I got to tell you, I I find this one really hard because I got all sorts of things that I kind of really want beyond my needs, but subtle and powerful. We are trusting in God's provision. And we are trusting that there is plenty. There is plenty in heaven and for us in our experiences of heaven. Unmet wants create dissatisfaction. But met needs create thanksgiving. We also pray in the Lord's Prayer for forgiveness. Just as, or just like, we forgive others, right? Well, uh, sounds like this is another one of those prayer coupled with action kind of things. And it's funny how we assume and trust in our own forgiveness, right? That That sense during quiet time or moments with God when everything is just fine. It's all good. Love, love, love. And yet, we sometimes grant forgiveness pretty sparingly to others. 
if at all, if we, we grant it at all. And we stay trapped in bitterness and in diminished relationships in sort of a safe place. I'm not going to get burned again. And so we pray about this and we're challenged to act it out that thy will be done, thy kingdom come, pray for it, live it. We pray for deliverance from temptation and evil because of reality. And isn't technology wonderful? The reality of temptation and evil are all right in the palm of our hands. And when I get more than five feet away from my phone, I get nervous. I have got to have this thing on me all the time. Strange. It's the world, the flesh, and the devil, as the Bible calls it. We live in the world. We grapple with the flesh, and the devil wants us to fail. And boy, is he smart. And so, we do pray for God's help and protection. Maybe the answer to that prayer is discovering a little bit of barriers, uh, a little bit of a trap door or something in our hearts or in our habits. And so, we do our part asking for help with that little problem that we may have. And we do our part in working on it. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In the end, we are all at different places on our spiritual calendar, on our journeys. We may just be starting out, it's early spring, we may be well advanced into fall or autumn or whatever. And yet in the end, no matter where we've come from, where we are, we are all just common men and women like Peter and John. And yet, when we take that first step, that first commission of praying for God's guidance with that heart attitude of Jesus, that place of humility, of thankfulness, of seeking after God's will through discernment, through prompting, and then doing our part to act and speak, and praying for protection along the way. We become a part of God's will, of God's kingdom being done in our hearts and families and relationships. And what do you know, we might just be bringing a little bit of heaven, of God's will and presence being done into our lives, just like Peter and John did with the power and truth and healing of Easter. And things may be astonishing. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. Uh, Lord, uh, we, we don't even take for granted that we can have 
a full and open and honest relationship with you. We thank you for that. And for these, these heart values, Lord, I ask you to prosper these in our minds and hearts this day. Help us pray with the heart attitude of Jesus, taking that first commission so we can work with confidence and goodness and intentionality on that second commission in our families and in our relationships. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.